it should surprise exactly no one in my life that I am sentimental. I am sentimental about dates, anniversaries, things that mark moments in my life where I've seen God work. And for me, it's always been a uniquely personal experience between me and God and how he has shown up in my life for me before. Um, and so I just wanted to talk about some of those things because I think it matters to talk about the ways that God has shown up in our lives when we didn't expect it, maybe didn't even want it, but it just happened. And I always find myself getting sentimental around the month of August because probably the most recent and most significant moment marked for me and the ways that God has shown up for me is August 11th. On August 11th, 2018, I packed up everything I had to my name. I put it in a Honda Accord and I drove 300 miles to a new home in Virginia. And when I think about the fact that that was three years ago, I find myself a little stunned because who I was three years ago and who I am today are vastly different people. Um, and in really good ways. I, I don't necessarily dislike the ways that I've been changed in these last three years. Um, but yeah, when I think about three years ago, where I was at in my walk with the Lord, where I was at in my confidence in myself, my abilities, um, it just is so different. And I feel like that person was just a kid. I was, I mean, 23. Yeah, 23, almost 24. Yeah, almost 24 when I moved. And that feels like such a baby to me now because of the life that I've lived in these three years and the ways that I've grown. Um, and I just think that it, it matters to talk about these things because um, I think it's biblical. I think there's a mandate set out for it in scripture in the ways that God has marked and honored the journey in other people's lives in scriptures and the way that he has kind of instructed us to, you know, go back and think about, you know, the ways that he has shown up so that in the moments where we feel like he's not, or we feel like he's delaying, um, we can see the ways that he is being faithful because he's been faithful before. He doesn't owe us faithfulness. It is in his nature to be faithful. And I think that a lot of the time we can kind of confuse those two things because by assuming that we're owed faithfulness, we see it through our perception and the way that we approach those conversations versus 
you know, having it be someone else's character quality. So regardless of our season, our walk, our struggle, our joy, regardless of what's happening personally, it is the nature and personality of God to be faithful. And so I owe that relationship and that dedication, respect and honor and to see it for what it is. Um, And kind of where this all comes from for me and my walk is through the book of Joshua. Um, In Joshua 4, I'll read some of it um, only because, well, I don't need to explain why I'm going to read scripture. I'm going to read scripture and it's going to be okay. Um, But it has some significance past just the weight of the passage, which is why I'm choosing to read it right now. So Joshua 4, um, and they had just finished passing over the Jordan. Um, the Israelites had just finished passing over the Jordan on dry ground. And um, so it says, When all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Take twelve men from the people, from each tribe a man, and command them, saying, Take twelve stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly, and bring them over with you and lay them down in a place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men from the people of Israel whom he had appointed, a man from each tribe, and Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you that when your children ask in time to come, what do those stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it passed over the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan were cut off, so these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. And the people of Israel did just as Joshua commanded and took up 12 stones out of the midst of the Jordan, according to the number of tribes of the people of Israel, just as the Lord told Joshua, and they carried them over with them to the place where they lodged and laid them down there. And Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of the Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priests stood bearing the Ark of the Covenant, and there they are to this day. For the priests bearing the ark stood in the midst of the Jordan until everything was finished, and the Lord commanded Joshua to tell the people according to all that Moses had commanded Joshua. The people passed over in haste, and when all the people had finished passing over, the ark of the Lord and the priests passed over before the people. The sons of Reuben and the sons of Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh passed over armed before the people of Israel, as Moses had told them. About 40,000 ready for war passed over before the Lord for battle to the plains of Jericho. On that day... The Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of Israel, and they stood in awe of him, just as they stood in awe of Moses all the days of his life. And the Lord said to Joshua, Command the priests bearing the ark of the testimony to come up out of the Jordan. So Joshua commanded the priests, Come up out of the Jordan. And when the priests bearing the ark of the covenant of the Lord came up from the midst of the Jordan, and the soles of the priests' feet were lifted up on dry ground, the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and overflowed all its banks as before. The people came up out of the Jordan on the tenth day of the first month, and they encamped at Gilgal on the east border of Jericho. And those twelve stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up at Gogol, and he said to the people of Israel, 
when your children ask their fathers in times to come, what do these stones mean? Then you shall let your children know. Israel passed over the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up for us until we passed over. So that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. So that is Joshua 4. And... Um, yeah, I think, you know, we're talking about the Israelites crossing over the Jordan River on dry ground and then God commanding them to take up stones from the place where he carried them through the impossible and mark it as a memorial so that not only do they remember, but the generations to come remember the faithfulness of the Lord. And so for me, that has just always held significance. It's always been the ways that the Lord reminds me of his faithfulness in my anxiety, in my depression, in my fear, in my self-doubt, and in my insecurity. I am reminded of his steadfast faithfulness that has absolutely nothing to do with me and everything to do with his personality. And I can't help but be so grateful for that. Um, and so that's why I kind of want to talk about the stones of remembrance um, of the last three years, because I am very sentimental about dates. Um, if you knew me and followed me anywhere on social media in the first year that I lived here, I would tell you through Instagram comments and long captioned posts that, um, you know, it'd been so many days since I moved to DC and, you know, I was never going to get over it. I was always going to be obnoxious about it, always going to be excited. And in a way that that, in a way that's very true, in a way I have always been very excited and very obnoxious about the fact that I live in DC. It has always and forever been my favorite city. And so the fact that this is where the Lord has taken me really um, is again, just a mark of his faithfulness in my life. Um, and so I went to go look and um, I just still, I've never been able to delete the countdown. It's just always been on my phone. It counted down the days. Um, I think I said it when it was maybe 36 days away from moving and I watched it count down to zero. And from there I've watched it count up. And as the years and days have gone on, the amount of times I check it becomes more infrequent because this is no longer um, a new adventure. It's just my life. And I like that transition a lot. I like the ordinary part of that a lot, but I did look it up today. And I moved to D.C. 1,088 days ago. So I've lived here a decent amount of time. And in that time, I mean, there's just so much to life that has happened um, that just makes it feel... Sometimes, like, you can forget how excited you were at the beginning of something that you'd long prayed for. Um, because in that... I can say from 2018 to 2019, 
I was living my freaking best life. I was going into D.C. as much as I could. I was making friends. I was enjoying my church. I was loving my job. Um, P.S. There's also a very likely possibility that the title of this is Becky Rants About Her Job, which if either of my bosses happen to be listening to this, it's not bad thing. It's never bad things. I love my job and my job is kind of the driving force of what got me here. And so when I think about all of the ways that the Lord has worked in my life because of this job that I just kind of took out of desperation to be somewhere that wasn't Connecticut, I just can't believe the faithfulness of the Lord even in that. So I will rant about my job today and it's only good things. I say all the time that I will go down with the ship like I'm in it until they tell me that I have to go. <laughs> so um, it's truly just a gift from the Lord. And I'll get into more of that um, in a little bit. But kind of what I want to just talk about is first this kind of idea that I have always had in my life about traditions and traditions are something that matter in your family unit. And there's something that really speak to, you know, your life and your rhythms and your celebrations. And it exists within this unit of people that are family. And for me, family is, you know, your typical nuclear family, you know, I have two parents who've been married for 32 years. I don't know. I don't know. They've been married a long time. They've been married a long time. That's what I know. Um, my parents are still married, very much in love. Siblings are decent. <laughs> um, you know, so I say this as someone who's grown up in a pretty standard, you know, family in terms of, you know, what kind of is perceived as a traditional family. Um, and we have our traditions and our rhythms. And, you know, there's different things like for a long time when I was growing up, we would always go to the Danbury Mall in Connecticut when my parents got their tax refund check. And we would have a really nice dinner at the Rainforest Cafe. Um, or then there's other things like that are probably common and shared things like, you know, my mom making cinnamon rolls on Christmas morning or, you know, all these different things um, that just kind of signify the way our family celebrates each other. My mom has shared the same Beatles happy birthday song with us for as long as I can remember to the point where she even sent it to my college roommate freshman year to make sure that it was still played on my birthday. Um, my dad's tradition is <laughs> jokes. Um, his little shticks, we call them. You can predict his joke uh, as faithfully as you can predict that the sun rises even behind the clouds. Um, but if we didn't have those jokes and we didn't have those shticks, it wouldn't be dad. And so these are the things that I've come to know to have be familiar in my life. Um, 
yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's always been a family thing. And so one of the struggles I've had as I've gotten older and as I've kind of branched out on my own is how do I honor this kind of natural I don't even know. Like there's just this natural bend, I guess, towards traditions and having them carry more significance for me than maybe the average person. And so, you know, for me, because traditions have always been associated with family, I've kind of always approached it from this point of view of like, um, you know, when I get married, I'm going to do this. Or when I have kids, I'm going to do this. Or, you know, all these different things. But in doing that, I put my life on pause and I can have traditions with myself, and so I do. Um, some of my traditions with myself include um, getting fish tacos on my birthday. I always get myself fish tacos on my birthday and a um, pint of Ben and Jerry's ice cream. And then I watch When Harry Met Sally because my birthday is the end of September and that movie always just feels like fall to me. And so that's my tradition with myself. Um, another tradition I have with myself is, hmm, I don't even know. I don't even know. I think they've just become rhythms, but I have these things that I do with myself that are traditions. Okay. For example, something I started since I moved here is at Christmas. What I do is I, set up my Christmas tree and I decorate for Christmas while I watch um, the holiday and I get McDonald's. And that's my Christmas tradition with myself. I refuse to make myself wait to have a family and to have kids to make an event of things that I want to be events. Um, and so a lot of what I've learned in these past three years is how to press into um, being single and having traditions um, and so one tradition that has started for me is um, on or around August 14th, I go into D.C. and I go to the World War II Memorial um, and I put my feet in the water because um, that's what I did on the second day that I moved or no, probably the third day. Probably I unpacked the first day and the second day. But when I was unpacked and had everything settled and I had a day between, you know, when I was kind of all moved in and when my job started and I went into D.C. and I stood there and I grinned as big as anything, I probably looked like a ridiculous tourist and I will never, ever care. And I walked up. Um, from the met I took the metro in, walked up from the metro, and took my phone out to walk to the monuments that now are so familiar I don't even need to look at a map to find them. But on that day, I pulled out my phone, I walked from the Smithsonian Metro Station to the Washington Monument. And then I walked from the Washington Monument to the Lincoln Memorial. And I would not let myself turn around and look at that view that I knew was one of my favorites and knew it from the movie. And then I would not let myself. I just kept pushing forward, climbing those steps. And I got to the top and I turned around and I just looked out. And I knew 
this was my home now. Like I just could not believe how incredibly blessed I was and how loved I was. And just, there's just so much there, so much. And so then I took some pictures and I walked back to, um, the World War II Memorial and I sat down and I took off my shoes and I slipped them in the water and I didn't know you could do that. Um, and so I slipped them in the water and then, yeah, I just sat there and I thought about the fact that I lived here and that this is what I got to do. And then on the one year anniversary, I went and I did the same thing and on the two year anniversary, I've done the same thing and I have it marked in my calendar to do the same thing around year three. Um, and yeah, so that's my, my tradition um, for moving to DC. And so I just always wanna honor the person in me that loved that and loves to mark those days and those moments and those stones of remembrance. And when I'm sitting there with my feet in that water and I'm looking around at this place that I live, I am reminded of the faithfulness of the Lord that got me here, um, which I'll go into in a few minutes, but that is just kind of this overview of how I got here and why it will always matter to me to put my feet in the water of the World War II Memorial and sit there and think about all these different things in my life um, and all these different ways that I've watched the Lord show up when I didn't know if he would. Um, and just to honor the person that believed in faith that he was going to show up here and he has in big ways. Um, and so I'll kind of walk through, you know, some of my job and the ways even that is answered prayers and continues to be answered prayers. Um, and just is the faithfulness and the kindness of the Lord in my life. 